meeting before you guys get to church. And we pray, and then everybody just comes around me and, and Adrian, and they, they pray for us. And that's like the best gift. I think that it's the best thing that happens to us in our week, I think. <laughs> so just thank you for your love and your, your support. So this morning, I'm excited to share the word. Um, I shared this... Um, at the midweek service in Lorraine. So if you watched it, I apologize. You can hear it again. Maybe Jesus wants you to. Um, but I feel like I was in worship, and thank you for that worship power, powerful worship time. I feel like truth and love are the most important things right now. Truth and love. If we don't stand in truth, live in truth, we are going to lose our way. Like two weeks, right? It took two weeks for the world to start turning, didn't it, on Israel? Two weeks, we're seeing it all over the place, and it's going to continue to happen. We have to keep our feet grounded in truth, and if we don't do this, it doesn't just happen. It takes work. It takes discipleship. It takes community to stay grounded in truth, and the same thing in love. It takes work to stay in love. Now, I know that sounds like, what? What are you talking about? We have to receive God's love every day. Every day. We have to receive God's love. And if we don't, we will lose our way. We will feel unloved. We will feel abandoned. We will feel, right, insecure and unsteady. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I have some passion for it. And so I'm down here because we have a little bit of an illustration that Adrian's going to help me with, but um, ready to get into the word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, God, that your, your word, it, it makes us secure. It holds us fast in a world that is falling apart. God, we know where we're going. You are our compass, Father. And we don't live in this world. We live in an eternal kingdom ruled by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I pray, Father, today that our hearts would be open, our ears would be open, and our eyes would see how much you love us, that we would know your word, and it would, it would just create this force of love that comes right through our minds, through our will, into our hearts, and then to everyone around us. God, only you can do that especially in this world. Only you can do that. So I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you would help me communicate it appropriately. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I'm gonna put my water and my tissues here. Hopefully I won't cry. I didn't do too bad Wednesday. I thought I would do worse. I always gauge it on like if I'm studying at home and I'm on my couch with tears streaming down my face, I'm like, oh boy, I'm gonna be in trouble. (laughs) But then I always hear Adrian in my ear when I'm speaking, don't cry. You sound like a little girl when you cry. Don't cry. But he's right. I don't want to sound like a little girl. So anyways, I want to read you a scripture verse. And this message is called The Outpouring of God's Love. And it's found in Romans 5, 1 through 5. So if you write down anything, write down Romans 5, 1 through 5, because that's a scripture verse that I'd love for you to meditate on and read a few times, especially Romans 5, 5. Because I heard this message, and I really received this into my heart about a month ago at a pastor's conference that we were in. And it was like one of those messages that it was good, 
but you didn't realize until afterwards how powerful and transformative it was. And I believe that this is, this is that message. Like, we all need to get this. We all have to be very, very skilled at receiving the love of God every day, every day, because it just doesn't happen on accident. So Romans 5, 1 through 5, let's, let's read that. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint. And this is where we're gonna focus in on. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. All of that because, right? All of that verses one through four, because. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so what I was challenged after I heard that message and the Holy Spirit kept saying, you're not done learning about this. You heard it one time, a lot of times we hear messages, right? And we just kind of skim over them and they're good and it's powerful, but we, it doesn't like make, take root in our heart. Holy Spirit was showing me this has to take root in your heart. Like every day, every day, the love of God has to be poured into our hearts. And it was something that I understood that I had it a little bit off. You know how you can have truth from the Lord and you can have truth from the word, but it's just a little bit off. And it's dangerous to be a little bit off because I realized that I was trying to prove my love for God more than I was receiving the love of God. And it was like the Holy Spirit needed to tell me that, listen, it is more important that you receive my love than you prove your love for me. And I'm still learning this and I'm still understanding this, but we have to know that the Christian life we live is more about receiving God's love than it is proving our love to God. I'm going to say something, and some of you may get mad at me, but you know what? You'll forgive me later. Jesus was not a Christian. What? Right? He wasn't a Christian. Why are we saying that? He wasn't a Christian. Guess what? He was a son, a Jew. He was a son. Think about it. It is more important for us to be sons and daughters first, right? Before we even call ourselves a Christian. It's so much more important to know when you wake up in the morning that you are a daughter loved by your father, that you are a son loved by your father. And that love is an experience. That love is a knowing, but it's also an experience. We're going to talk a little bit about the difference between knowing and experience. I would say that everybody in here knows that God loves them, right? John three 16, it'll be at the football game today. 
Guarantee you, somebody be holding up a sign, right? We all know this in our minds, that God loves us. But this passage is not talking about an idea or a concept. It's not talking about that. It's not talking about this kind of knowing. God's love poured out into our hearts is not the same as God's love proven to our minds. It's different. Paul is talking about something different here. He's not talking about head knowledge. God's love poured out into our heart is an experience. We feel it or it's nothing. Think about that. We feel God's love poured out into our hearts or it's nothing. It's not going to do what it needs to do. <laughs> it's not wrong to conclude by argument that you are loved. It's not wrong to memorize those scripture verses. For God so loved the world that he gave only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would have not perish but have everlasting life. That's a good scripture verse to know in our heads. But it's not enough to just know it in our heads, is it? It's not enough to just conclude this information. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no man than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. When we know this, we conclude, I love him and keep his commandments. Then God has this great love for me, and he calls me his friend. That's good to know it, but we have to experience it. Paul is talking in Romans 5, 5 about an outpouring. And where is this outpouring? It's not into our head. It's into our heart. It's into our very soul, our very soul. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, he talks to the, the church about the makeup of the human, right? And some of us know this. Pastor Sue, you definitely know this. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, what is the entirely of you? <laughs> we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And God created us that way on purpose. Like he designed us that way on purpose. And he utilizes every part of us. It says, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete without blame at the coming of your Lord Jesus Christ. So we know that we are spirit, right? We possess a soul and we live in a body. And this is review, you all know this, but we have to get a review sometimes because we think that if we just know the word, it's good enough. And if our spirit's just transformed and received the love of Jesus and we're born again, it's good enough. But our soul has to be transformed and our soul has to be transformed by the love of God. The soul, mind, will, and the emotions. So our soul is this part of us but it's made up with three more aspects of the human, and it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. The mind knows, the mind considers, the mind remembers, right? The mind has thoughts, it has understanding, it's where we do our thinking, our knowing. The will, what is the will? It's so, it's so abstract, right? The will chooses. Think about that. Your will makes the choice. Your will refuses. What are you going to refuse? That, see, why, see why your will has to be sanctified too? Your will refuses. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not allowing the enemy to bring that sin into my life. The will refuses. The will seeks. The will made you get up and come to church today because <laughs> you were seeking God's presence. You're seeking a word from the Lord. Your will makes decisions. And then your emotions so these are the aspects of love, right? 
These are the aspects of hatred, of grief, of joy, all the way to the more complex emotions of desire, anxiety, despair, and, pre- and peace, and anger. Yes, anger is an emotion. <laughs> Guys, you have emotions. Go like this. I have emotions, even if it's anger. Because you know what? Anger is the top, and all this stuff underneath is the emotions you are mad about and you don't want to feel. So guys, you have emotions too. The outpouring is into your soul. It's into that emotional place. That's the kind of love that Paul is talking about. It works through your mind, but it can't stop there. And this is where too many Christians stop. They're content to know it. Because if you let it get into your feelings, it's messy. You have to deal with stuff, right? You got to remember. You got to deal with it. You got to put it under the lordship of Jesus. And sometimes it's just not better. It's better not to do that, right? It feels that way. It has to go through your will. You have to seek. You have to choose. You have to refuse the lies of the enemy, the thoughts that would refute the idea that God loves you. We make up our mind, and we lean towards him, and we allow him to penetrate into our emotions. And this is where we feel. This is where we experience life, and this is where we experience you. Think about that. We all think that we walk in a room and we're hiding our emotions. Yeah, that's not the truth. That's not the case. <laughs> that's not the case. I thought I was so good at hiding my emotions. And my family's like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not. We know when you're upset. We know when you're anxious. We know when you're frustrated. And Adrian catches me all the time. He's like, oh, that's what was going on when you came in the room. <laughs> right? Because we can't, we can't hide our emotions. People experience us. They experience the emotions we bring when we walk in the room. And that's why we need God's love to pour out in our lives because it changes our emotions. And this is what Paul is talking about. It's an experience with the love of God. You can know it in your mind that God loves you without knowing God's love for you. That's crazy. We can know it in our mind that God's love, God loves us without knowing God's love for us. They say the distance between the head and the heart is only 18 inches, but it can take a lifetime. It can take a lifetime to get from here to here without the help of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed when a big, gruffy, mean man becomes a grandfather? What happens to him? He like melts. He's like butter, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this little baby could do whatever he wants, you know? It's just, it's beautiful to see. But that's what these emotions will do. That's what it's supposed to do. The love of God is supposed to make us soft and melt us, make us vulnerable because we have him. We don't need to keep our hearts safe. We have him to keep us safe, right? It, it creates this supernatural experience of God's love, and it pours out as an experience into our hearts. So reading this passage again, we're going to go back to Romans 5. We're going to read it again, but this time we're going to read it from the outpouring backwards, because all of that happened only because of the outpouring of God's love, okay? So we're going to read it backwards. It's the experience of God's love that gives us hope that does not disappoint. Now, what does that even mean? You know, hope does not put me to shame, it says in one other translation. Hope does not disappoint. What does that mean? 
You know what it means? It means that even though this situation that I'm in right now, I can't figure it out. How many are in a situation like that? Like, I like to think that I can figure things out, right? Some of us are really good, like, strategists. We can, we can f- come with answers. We have wisdom. We have revelation from the Holy Spirit. Some situations, okay. Right? I have a situation I can't figure out right now. I can't. But because of God's love, man, I have all the hope in the world. Right? That's what God's love will do. Doesn't matter if you don't know how this is going to work. You don't know how you're going to pay for it. You don't know how you're going to actually have the energy to do it, right? You don't know how you're going to feel better, whatever it is. God has so much love for you. You're like, okay, it's going to work out. It's like honeymoon. It's going to be okay. This is beautiful, right? (laughs) The supernatural hope that God has a future for me because he loves me and I have hope for the future. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. See why it has to be an experience? You have to know God by tasting him. You have to have the past experience, the present experience, knowing that God's got you no matter what. It's the don't make sense kind of hope, right? Second thing is it proves our character. This is the experience of God's love that proves our character. Another translation says that it gives us spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. And there it is. You can back up one more time. Yep, to four. There you go. Proven character. God's love proves our character. Spiritual maturity. Have you read 1 Corinthians 13? And that was the first chapter that I ever memorized in Missionettes, right? They had us memorize all of these things when we were little girls. And I remember even then thinking, nobody's going to be able to love like that. There's no way. There's no way that it's going to be, somebody's going to be that perfect, right? Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. It is not provoked. Does not keep an account of wrongs suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, every single one of us in here knows that our love fails, right? At some point, our love has failed. But God's love never fails. And the only way we can love like that is if we receive God's love. The only way we can have that kind of proven character is if we receive his love every day. (laughs) Every day it has to be an experience. So we know that this is no walk in the park. It's impossible by human standards. But without the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, it is possible. With the Holy Spirit pouring God's love in our heart, it is possible to love like this. It is. And he wants to love through us, just like 1 Corinthians 13 says. And then Jesus says in Matthew 5, 48, anybody ever read Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount? I feel like that's the hardest book in the Bible. That's the hardest chapter in the Bible. That Sermon on the Mount is describing someone with proven character, right? With spiritual maturity. And look at how he closes that chapter. He says, therefore, you shall be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. 
what? <laughs> right? That's a high call. That's a, that's a very difficult thing to do without God's love poured out into our hearts. But Jesus knew that this experience would make it happen in us. It's only by this kind of, of experience of God's love that we can have this kind of spiritual maturity. It's the experience of God's love. We're going to perseverance and um, endurance in Romans 5, 4, maybe. Try that one. Can you see it? Is it stuck? Five, four? Okay. Perseverance and endurance when God's love is poured out into our hearts. That word is hypomene, and it means to remain under, like you're carrying and holding a heavy load. You are remaining under this difficult situation. So God's love is the one that gives you that endurance to deal with difficult things. There we go. Yeah, and perseverance, character, and character hope. Thank you. So you picture that even though we have challenges in life, we're remaining under the load, we're bearing up by God's power and love, and we can endure in such a way, not just grinning and bearing it. Anybody ever give a fake smile before? And you know everybody knows it's a fake smile, but that's all you can muster, right? You're like, hello. (laughs) That's all you can muster. But God says when you have endurance that he gives because of his love, you can endure pain and not just grin and bear it, but you can do it in such a way that gives glory to God. You actually are really loving. You're actually really enduring because of his love. And finally, that verse says, and this is probably the hardest one, to celebrate in your tribulation. What? (laughs) Like, how is that even in the Bible? We're going to celebrate in our tribulation. But that word celebrate is so interesting. If you look at it, it's the word that means boast. And it's not boast like we think boasting. It's not a prideful like, oh, look it, I have this tribulation. Aren't you jealous? That's not the kind of word he's talking about. Boast, that word, means living with your head held high. It means living with your head up high, having a particular vantage point by having the right base of operation. Think about that. It's standing up straight knowing that I'm in the kingdom of God that I have a vantage point that I can look at this situation from heaven's point of view. And I am at the base of operation right next to Jesus so that he can deal successfully with this matter. We know whose table we are sitting at. I'm not sitting at your table. Look at somebody and say that. I'm not sitting at your table. I'm sitting at the table of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In the word, it says he seated me with Christ in heavenly places. That's what this word means. That's what it means when he says, celebrate in your tribulations. You know where you're at. You're with Jesus in heavenly places. God loves me like he loves Jesus. God loves you like he loves his own very son. And he... When Jesus went to the cross, 
God raised him up. Surely he will take care of me in this tribulation. And that's where we have to tell each other, right? That's what we have to tell ourselves is that you might be in the garden and you might be dropping sweat, bloody sweat, right? Like Jesus did before he went to the cross. And you know it's coming and you know it's hard. But Jesus had in his mind eternity. And he knew that his father God had a plan and he was going to take him through and he would be raised up on the third day. And that's the confidence that we have. Catherine Kuhlman, some of you guys might remember her. She was an evangelist in the 70s, and I've been listening to her a lot. But she once said, and it, came, it changed a lot of perspective for me. She said, God's love is the most secure place you can be in all of eternity. It's the most secure place. When the world is crashing around us, when the world is so unsure, right? When we don't know what's going to happen the next moment. When we are found in God's love, it is the most secure place that we can be in all of eternity. We know that God has a plan, that he's in control, and we are secure at his base of operation. So what do we do with all this? We have to pursue the outpouring of God's love. We have to, each one of us. I even suggest to you that pursuing the outpouring of God's love into our hearts become our number one priority every day. Instead of waking up and saying, okay, I got to prove how much I love God. I got to read my 10 chapters, right? I got to pray for at least a half hour. Maybe if, I'm, if I kneel down on the floor and like bow, maybe then he'll know I love him. If I, if I am nice to Adrian today, Jesus, you'll know I love you. If, if I babysit my kids unlimited, my kids' kids unlimited, you'll know I love you because I want to be a good Lala. You know, like there's all these things that we tell ourselves, right? That we have got to prove God's love for him. If I give more to the church, right? Like whatever it is. But, but that's, not God, that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to receive his love. And the problem is, is in the morning, how many are morning people? I'm not a morning person, although when you're my age, you get up anyways. It's like, you don't have to wake up kids anymore, but guess what? You're up at five. Ah. It just happens. It's so annoying. So I'm like a zombie on the couch in the morning. I'm like, I can't talk. I can't read. I can't do anything for like two cups of coffee. They're not two hours, it's two cups of coffee, right? But in the morning, something else interesting happens. All these experiences wake up with me. And I don't think I'm the only one. Because my past experiences wake up with me. My anxiety sometimes wakes up with me. My failures wakes up with me, right? What happened then wakes up with me in relationships. Whatever it is. These experiences wake up with me. And what happens is we try to work our way out of it by proving our love for God, right? When God is just wanting to replace that experience. He wants to replace those experiences that try to wake up with us with his experience of God's love. And that's what Paul is saying in Romans 5, 5. So even if you wake up with lust, with jealousy, with depression, we remember the things we said. We, we, we have this shame because we messed up here. We have guilt. We're isolated. We know the mistakes we made, the years we've wasted, right? 
We wake up with all of this stuff and this becomes the experience for our day. And even if we were once reconciled, right? This is where it gets in our head, guys. Even though we were once reconciled with Christ because of him, we now think that it's our effort to do better. It's our effort to do more. It's our job to prove our love for God. In Romans 5.10, just a little bit down lower in that chapter, Paul knew we were gonna do this. And he was saying, for while... For if while we, you were enemies, were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled? Paul was saying this doesn't happen every day. This is not supposed to be something you go through every day. You're not re-reconciled every day. He said, you shall be saved by his life. Paul's saying you've already been reconciled. You need his life. You need his love. You need to pursue the outpouring of his love every day, and it will give you that hope again. Adrian's going to come and help me. You're not allowed to leave. Where are you going? I'm like, the balloon is, balloon is not a part of the props. What are you doing? <laughs> and I know this is kind of youth group style, right? But you know what? You just need to see this because this will change, this will change the way that you think. <laughs> You're funny. Okay, so stand right here, and you got to be ready to carry all these boxes. you got to put them lower, though, because they're going to be big. This is how my day usually works. Stop. <laughs> Stop, stop, stop. Okay, so I'm going to do this. So you may feel rejected, right? You feel rejected. And this is what happens with us is we, we wake up in the morning and we feel rejected. you got to keep it lower. Oh, this is going to be an issue. And then you remember, because your mind does this, you remember how your father maybe abandoned you. This is serious. This is real stuff. I mean, we wake up with this stuff, right? These are our experiences in life. We're just going to put this here because I don't think you're going to be able to carry all these. And then there's betrayal. I mean, like, how many of us could tell the story, right, of betrayal? And we wake up and we remember the abuse that we went through, that no child should have ever went through, right? We wake up and we remember the abuse, and we have experiences that were even a long time ago that are now ours for the day because they've gone through our head. We, we held on to them because they're ours and now they're in our soul again. And it's an experience for the day. We have anger because of it. Sorry. There's a point for that. There's a point to that. And then we have the grief, right? Maybe you lost somebody you loved and you regret the time that you did not spend with them. So you feel guilty. And then there's the jealousy. Maybe they got the position at work and you worked hard for it and it should have been yours. And then there's the fear. How in the world are things ever going to change? You're stuck. You're alone. And you're afraid that it's always going to be like that. You got it? And so now we see Adrian carrying these experiences in the morning. And it could be any one of us. 
on any day, right? Us Christians. Because it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're not. We all have these experiences, this pain in our life. Maybe just the memory of them, but we are burdened. Adrian's burdened. He's unseen. He's basically ineffective, right? He can't do what God's called him to do today. He can't give what God's called him to give today. But, right? But, thank you, Jesus. But God... In Romans 5, 5, Paul says, but the Holy Spirit can come only through the Holy Spirit. Now, this doesn't happen by our efforts. We have to ask him to come and pour God's love into our hearts. And Caleb is the, is the Holy Spirit today. And he is going to pour lo God's love into Adrian's heart. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. And it's the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that pours the love of God into our hearts and washes away all of the stuff that we've been carrying. It's only by the love of God. Can we experience this every morning instead of our memories, instead of our pain, instead of our difficulties? Thank you, Caleb. You can just leave the rest of them. But now that you have the love of God, look what you have. Remember, you have hope. Now you, can, now you can be who God created you to be. You're made in his image. Now you can endure anything that comes your way, all for the glory of God, because you are seated with him in heavenly places. No matter what is happening around you. That's why I said I feel like God's children have to be rooted and grounded in God's love, in truth and love. That is the most important thing. Obviously, we need his presence, but we have to be grounded in truth. We have to be grounded in knowing that God's love for us. And that's what it says in Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. He says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses what? Knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Every morning, we have to be filled with the fullness of God. Every morning. Like, don't go to work until we're filled with the fullness of God. Right? If you have to close your Bible, I know this is very controversial. If you have to close your Bible because you're so set on reading 10 chapters a day and you haven't been filled with God's love, go be filled with God's love. Go be filled with God's love. Because that is so important to understand that God loves you. This is God's heart for you. That we allow his love to fill our mind, will, and emotions, our spirit, soul, and body. So today we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. That this morning, this afternoon, what time is it? It's 12.30, i got to hurry up. <laughs> that this will be an initial pursuit and some of you will experience God's love for the first time or for the first time in a long time. And it doesn't have to last for hours because I know in a half hour, Brown's play. But just a moment, it only takes a moment for God's love to be poured out into our hearts. You know, I was blessed because I've been in church forever. I'm 50 years old. I'm, I'm a church rat. Been in our church forever. I've seen so many moves of God, right? 
Right, Chuck? We've seen slain in the spirit. We've seen Kenny do cartwheels down the aisle, right? We've seen people giggle and laugh and, and maybe some twitching every, here, every once in a while. You know what? I want this generation to experience a move of God. But you know what? I don't care if nobody gets slain in the spirit. That's not important. I don't care if nobody twitches or laughs or giggles or whatever. If, if God's love can be poured out into the hearts of this new generation, this young, this young generation, that they would know that God loves them. We would see revival sweep our nation. We would see revival sweep the whole entire world because they need to know that God loves them. So we're going to position ourselves to pray, and I think the team's going to come up. Could you just put that right there so we can just think about God's love? Thank you. Reminded me of youth group spray paint my boxes. <laughs> I'm going to put this over here. But but I want to pray, and I want you to position yourself. That's why I moved everything. Maybe it's, could you get the lights, how we do it in worship? Can somebody? I want you to position yourself. It might be on your knees. It might be just bowing down. But I want to take the next few minutes and I want together to ask the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you can come up to the altar if you want. Okay. I want to ask the Holy Spirit and I want you to ask him to pour out his love into our hearts because we are not to carry these boxes. We are not to carry these burdens every morning. And the only thing that can take those away becomes the love of God in our hearts. All right, let's pray. Open our hearts, Lord. We are pursuing and we commit to pursue the outpouring of your love this morning and every day, God. And we declare this morning that we receive it fully. We receive your love, God. We hold nothing back from you. We hold on to nothing. We will not pick them back up, but we will allow you, God, to come in and pour your love on us. We make ourselves vulnerable and we trust you. Pour your love into our hearts this morning. Break down the walls, God, that we've set up because maybe we have received the wrong kind of love from a father, from a mother, from a spouse. But we believe you love us. Can you say that today? Just whisper that to the Lord. I believe you love me. For some of us, that's even hard to say. I believe you love me, Jesus. And Jesus, this morning, I repent that I make this about me so often. I make this about me and my effort. And I choose to pursue the outpouring of your love for the rest of my life. love transforms me. It creates me into the image of the Lord. It makes me look like you. It makes me talk like you. It makes me hope like you. So this morning, Jesus, we believe that you love us. You guys can